0: I'm <laughs> Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 16, 2020. So I've been teaching a series. Actually, I've been teaching on faith and patience for months, but I've been teaching a series about the life of David. Uh, It's faith and patience based on the life of David. I'm calling it greater is coming. Uh, This is now we're into like our 10th week. This is part 48 of the series. Greater is coming for you. If you are dedicated to dying to self, yielding to God, giving up whatever your selfish desires are for the desires of God, for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven in your life. If you are determined that you will become the man or the woman that God called you to be from the foundations of the world, then greater is coming for you because God's plans are better than your plans. So the title of today's message, as we close out the week strong, head into the weekend strong, is Thank God for Your Spouse as a born-again, blood-bought believer, we're going to talk about spouses today. We're also going to talk about correction and other things, but I'm calling this one, Thank God for Your Spouse. I, I My wife is watching. I appreciate my wife, Isabella Pena. I, I wouldn't be not even a semblance of the man that I am today if it were not for my wife, uh, so I definitely know that God assigned her. She is assigned to me. I'm assigned to her. You should thank God for your spouse. Continually be a blessing to your spouse. Let's talk about it. So you're like, well, Rick, I thought you was talking about David. I got you. I got you. So right now we're in 1 Samuel chapter 25. And today I'm going to cover verses 14 through 46. So this is a lot going on, but I'm just going to summarize it for you. And I love this story. This is just a good story. So yesterday we saw how David's anger was kindled because Nabal didn't show him kindness. Now this is crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous that in one sense, in one moment, David is like, okay, no, I refuse. I'm gonna honor Saul. I refuse to touch God's anointed. I refuse to touch the man of God. Saul is trying to kill him. Saul had ruined his life. Basically, he was on the run. Got kicked out of the palace. His—I mean—he was like, "Oh my God, what am I doing? I got these crazy men with me. People I don't even know. He's living in a cave. All of that because of Saul. He had an opportunity to kill Saul. He's like, "No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. I, I'm gonna maintain my integrity. I'm gonna walk in grace. I'm gonna show mercy." And he bows down before Saul and he says, I will not do it. I will not disrespect God that way. I'm not going to kill this man, right? And so that was very honorable. And then it's like in the next moment, he's ready to kill Nabal and his whole household because the man wouldn't give him some food. So it's just crazy like that. This just reminds us how flawed we are and how God wants to use us anyway. I mean, by his grace. So there David was. David was offended. He was upset, right? And he was ready to kill Nabal, kill everybody in Nabal's household, got everybody together, got 400 of his men, grabbed their sword, taking off. He's ready to go kill. I mean, slaughter everybody. I'm going to kill everybody. And thank God for a praying wife. Abigail, Nabal's wife, she sensed what was going on. And she sprang into action right away. She told the servants, hey, listen, uh, uh, we need to do something. They was like, what? Get together right now. Uh, we I, I give cook some bread, bake some bread. And they got 200 loaves of bread together. She grabbed two wineskins and had it full full of wine. They got five sheep and they killed five sheep and they cooked the sheep. They, they then got a, a whole barrel of roasted grain together. They collected a 100 clusters of raisins. They, co- they even baked 200 fig cakes. And so she got this whole spread together. And then her and her servants, they took off. And they went to go meet David before he got there because he was going to kill everybody. So she gets out there and she takes... Her her gifts to David, and she didn't even tell her husband what she was doing. So she gets there and she she runs into David, and she says, "Okay, sir." She bows down before David, and she says, "Listen, sir, I honor you, I respect you. Uh, uh please." She accepted all the blame. She was like, I, "I'm I I accept all the blame for for my husband's stupidity. Uh, he was ill-tempered towards you. Please show him mercy. Please don't do anything wrong." She said, "My Lord, please, as surely as the Lord lives." you yourself, David, you will live. And since the Lord, watch this. Oh my God. This is this lady, Abigail is such a woman of faith. She started speaking the language of faith. She started calling those things, which be not as though they already were. She started, she says this to David before David even thought about it. This is what she said. It was like a, like a a Jedi mind trick, like, like Yoda. So she says to David, since the Lord has kept you from killing my husband, Since the Lord has kept you from murdering my husband and taking vengeance into your own hands, the Lord is going to bless you and keep you from your enemies. Now, notice that Abigail didn't wait till David came up with this idea on her own. She was like, no, I'm speaking life and not death. I'm going to speak this thing by faith. And she was like, look, David, it's a good idea for you not to kill my husband. I'm glad that you already decided not to do it. And since you decided not to kill my husband, then the Lord is going to bless you and keep you from your enemies. And guess what? It worked. She then offered David... All of this food. And and she says to David, now let me pronounce a blessing over you, sir. The Lord will surely reward you. God will give you a legacy. He will give you a lasting dynasty. He is going to fight your battles and you have done nothing wrong throughout your entire life. She was saying, basically, don't do nothing wrong right now. Don't do this to my husband. Even while, while others were chasing you to kill you, you did what was right in the sight of God. God will keep you secure. God will protect you from your enemies. Your enemies will disappear like a stone flying out of a sling. Man, she's bad, right? I mean, so she's speaking this over David. And David went on to say, okay, okay, well, praise the Lord. (laughs) He accepted it. He said, praise the Lord, the God of Israel who has sent you to meet me today. He was like, listen, this is a word from God. He was like, yeah, this is God sending a word. He said, thank God for your good sense. Bless you, lady. May the Lord uh, he said, thank you and bless you for keeping me from, from murdering today and for carrying out vengeance with my own hands. So then at that point, David accepted her gifts and he returned home in peace. And he said, I've heard what you said, Abigail, I will not kill your husband. And, and so he, he leaves with his men and she gets home. And when the the Bible says that when she gets home, her husband was drunk, having a party oblivious to what had just happened. He didn't even know how close he came to dying. And thank God for a praying wife, right? All right. So what does this mean to you today? You're like, man, this is a good story, but but Rick, give me some nuggets. Okay, I got you. I got you covered. I got four things I'm going to share with you in this morning as we close out the week strong, head into the weekend strong. This is where I need you to rid yourself of every distraction. The story was good, but the nuggets are better. You ready? Four things. Number one, here we go. So let me just say this up front thank God for a praying spouse. Now, it could be a praying wife, a praying husband, but thank God for your praying spouse. Abigail was able to spiritually discern the gravity of the situation that her husband had just gotten himself into, and she quickly sprang into action, right? And her action saved her husband's life. Now, this reminds me of two things, what she did. Number one is we, as born-again believers, must be led. We must be led of the Holy Spirit in all things. We must have the ability to to discern what God is saying remember once you're born again you were born without the Holy Spirit and, and but Jesus didn't live like this Jesus was led, led of the Holy Spirit and if you think about Adam way back in the garden that's how he lived so when when Adam sinned and the Holy Spirit was removed what we dropped we, we fell to a lower level we went from revelation to education we went from instinct to intellect <laughs> and right? We went from discerning to learning. And once you're born again, you you can go back. You go back now from just living by learning to living by discerning, from living your life based on your intellect to living by divine instinct, and by living just by your education to living by revelation. And so she discerned some things. You must have the ability to discern some things. And then number two, you got to step out in faith, knowing that faith without works is dead. At the end of the day, she discerned what was going on, but then she did something about it she did something about it. Husbands and wives are grace to intercede for one another. The father will use you to be a blessing to your spouse and the father will use your spouse to be a blessing to you. So let me just say this on this first point, never stop praying, interceding, intervening for your spouse, because there's an anointing on you to minister to your spouse in a way that nobody else can and in a way that nobody else should. You got it? You understand what I'm saying? All right. So when you are on the receiving end of your spouse's intercession and you know that your spouse interceded or in, was, uh, you're on the receiving end of intercession or intervention, make sure that you praise God for him or her, right? Never cease to thank God for giving you somebody to do life with. You don't have to do life by yourself. You get to do life with your spouse. And so you, it's just you and your spouse and you have a relationship. Listen, if you're married then, um, and you have a godly marriage... You actually have a relationship that's with three people involved. It's you, your spouse, and God. It's a triple-strand cord. The Bible says that is not easily broken. So honor that relationship. Invest in it. Make the most of it. And never violate it. Never violate the covenant that you entered into with your spouse. You got it? All right, number two. Number two, here's a good one. And this is where I think a lot of people miss this. Look at me for a minute. Let me, you really got to get this point every answer is not spiritual. Every answer is not spiritual. So I'm not lessening the importance of hearing from God in any way, because we have to hear from God. We have to have spiritual discernment. But the point that I'm making here is that the God who speaks to us in spiritual ways will then lead us to do natural things on earth in response to what we receive, right? So when God tells us to do something, uh, yeah, what he told us to do, that's a spiritual thing, but now we need to go do it. And there's some natural things that, that we have to do. And these natural things, as we do them, they open the door for, for more spiritual things. And they open the door for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Abigail, let me be clear about something. You know what Abigail didn't do? Abigail didn't run to her prayer closet and say, let me pray and intercede. You know what Abigail didn't do? She didn't run to the church and say, okay, saints, let's pray there's a man coming. No, you know what she did? She was like, oh snap, this dude is coming. Let's get to cooking. Let's get some food ready. Let's get all this stuff together. Why? Because there's no way I'm going to let my husband just be murdered like that. She sprung into action. If she had not done something in the earth, her husband would be dead. So what I'm saying is that our God who is spiritual, he does lead us to do natural things. You live in a natural world. So while God is a spirit and he's speaking to you in your spirit, he will also lead you to do the natural, the practical, the pragmatic on earth in order to experience God's best. So let me, let me say this. I don't like the term, oh, that person, he's so heavenly minded that he's no earthly good. No, I don't like that because you got to be heavenly minded to be earthly good. But I understand the point. The point is that while you do have to be heavenly minded, you got to understand that what you, re, what you get as, as insight or revelation from heaven has to be performed on earth. And that's the piece that, that some people don't understand. That performance. Look at me. Let me make sure you understand what I'm, what I'm about to say. You know why some people don't perform what God wants them to do? Because sometimes what God is telling you to do seems like work. And honestly, some people are just lazy. So, so this lady had to cook. I mean, that, that was a lot of work to do the will of God. God will tell you to do something and and it's performance. And while God is not blessing you because of your performance, God will lead you to do performance and that performance may look like work. So maybe what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do is fill out a resume. Maybe what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do is go turn in the application. Maybe what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do is to prepare a presentation or proposal or go to a meeting or get dressed up or go, you know what I'm saying? Or go do something. Abigail and her team had to cook 200 loaves of bread, prepare two wineskins full of wine, cook five sheep, get a whole barrel, a bushel of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, 200 cakes. Man, that's a lot of work. You know what? It was spiritual. It was spiritual and it was natural. What she was doing was natural, but she was being led of the spirit to do it. So if your spiritual relationship with God, let me say this. If your spiritual relationship with God never turns into anything natural on earth, then you're not hearing from God at all. What you have is religion. You have, you're have you religious. If your spiritual relationship with God never manifests in a natural way on this planet, then I don't know what you have, but you don't have a relationship with God. Because our God, who you cannot see, will lead you to do things on this planet that you can see. And the church said, amen. All right, number three. You ready? Number three. You don't even know. Let me tell you something. Oh my God! I've made this point before, but it's worth repeating. You don't even know how many times God has spared you. How many times God shielded and protected you? Nabal had no idea. When she got home, she had just spared his life, and he was drunk, you know, having a party, dancing, probably acting a fool. Don't he, he didn't he, he didn't even know. And I'm telling you that there's so many times that God spared you. There's so many times that God shielded and protected you from from something that you don't even know, and you won't even know until you get to heaven. That, that, oh snap, God protected me from this. Oh snap, God protected me from that. So give God praise for the things you know about and give God praise for the things you don't even know about. Praise him on credit, knowing that you're not even going to know until you get to heaven. Say amen to that. All right, number four, last point for today. As we close out the week strong, head into the week's, uh, uh, weekend strong, look at me. I need to say this. I need to tell you this looking straight at your face. You ready? God loves you enough to protect you from your own stupidity. Let me say that again. God loves you enough to protect you from your own stupidity. We all make mistakes. We all do stupid things. Nabal was stupid when he said, no, what do you mean? I ain't gonna give David no food. He was acting ignorant. He was dumb. That was not a smart thing to do at all. And then David was acting stupid when he was like, let's go kill everybody. And Abigail saved them both. Abigail saved her husband from his stupidity. And Abigail saved David. Because we don't even know if David would have derailed himself from his destiny if he had done this thing. So thank God for sending people to us to correct us when we need correction. As as a born-again believer, listen, you're not perfect. You are going to make mistakes. And all, the Bible says, all we like sheep go astray. How does sheep go astray? Little by little, right? You drift away, you get off course, and the Holy Spirit will come and send people your way to give you a course correction. God loves us enough to correct us. Hebrews 12 and 6 says that whom God loves, he chastens. God loves you enough to correct you. If God didn't love you, he wouldn't worry about it. He would just let you be dumb and make your own mistakes. But God loves you enough to send people your way to correct you and to tell you what you need to hear, even when you don't want to hear it. This is part of faith and patience. This is part of growing and developing. This is part of walking with God for the long haul. This is part of becoming the man that the the woman that God called you to be. God loves you enough to correct you. So you got to be open to correction. Because if you're not open to correction, you will run the risk of missing out of what God sent you to this planet to perform. Embrace correction. When God loves you enough to send somebody to correct you, you, you should be like, wow, thank you, God. Thank you for, for sending me somebody to speak to me and to tell me where my breath's take. right? I need to, to get corrected so that I can be the man, the woman that God called me to be. Thank God for showing you when you were wrong. Because... At, we all make mistakes. And this is part of growing up as a believer. This is how you graduate from milk to meat in God's word. All right. So let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Now, this is a good word right here. This is a message you might need to watch again, share it with your friends. I'm telling you this word right here really blessed me this morning. I pray that it blessed you too. All right. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, father, I thank God for my spouse. You have graced me to intercede for my spouse and you have graced them to intercede and intervene for me. You have blessed me with a life partner, and I'm thankful for them. So I intercede and intervene for them on a daily basis. I'm a blessing to my spouse. My spouse is a blessing to me. You've saved me more times than I even know. When I get to heaven, I will find out more. But for now, Father... I thank you for my spouse and for every person who interceded for me when I was going the wrong way. Thank you for being so good to me. Thank you for correcting me when I need it. And thank you, Father, for leading me by your spirit to do natural, pragmatic, and practical things on this planet. I hear from you in spiritual ways and then I'm led to do the spiritual and the natural. Living this way, I actually experience heaven on earth, which is why I keep saying greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button. You're going to get my messages, put in your email address. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, it's a Friday. On Fridays, I want to remind you uh, of a few things. We have an app, go to any app store, search for Rick Pena Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries. We have a podcast, go to the iTunes store, search for Rick Pena Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries. Um, And then we have a ministry. Listen, if this ministry is a blessing to you, uh, we, we have a project, a building project in the Dominican Republic, and we're going to start construction soon. If you want to sow into this ministry, all the money that you sow will go into that. Isabella and I don't take any money from this ministry. Thankfully, we're in a position we don't have to. And, uh, and all the, the donations in the United States are tax deductible. So go to ripministries.org, ripministries.org, click on the donate button and sow a seed into this ministry if you're led. Go into this weekend knowing that God connects people to you to pray for you, to intercede for you. God will correct you when you need it. And he loves you enough to save you from your stupidity. So do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you. And then also share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing weekend. I'll see you on Monday. God bless you.